Welcome to Verity Ed, where parents are primary. <laughs> Welcome to Verity Ed, where parents are primary. Today we are discussing music. Music education is vital to a classical education because music itself is one of the seven liberal arts which are necessary to raising and forming a free human person. I'm going to talk about that. But what if you can't sing? And what if you aren't musically trained or even musically inclined? That's okay, because by the end of this video, you will be able to incorporate good music formation, education, atmosphere into your family culture and integrate it with all of the other subjects that you and your children are studying together. That means you won't have to squeeze music in, you will be able to incorporate music in. So just like with my art education video, I am going to follow Charlotte Mason's description of education as an atmosphere, a discipline, and a life. And we're going to talk about music education and practical ways to make it part of the atmosphere of your home, the discipline of your homeschool planning, and the life of practical lived experience. But first, be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell and like this video if you would like to see more videos in the future of my kids actually doing some of these activities and practicing this lifestyle I'm about to describe to you with me. So again, like this video, give it a big thumbs up and that tells me you want more content like this. So let's get started. First of all, music is something that as a family we do all together. It's not something that I have to come up with six different curricula for my six different kids and then I also have my music and then Todd has his music. It's something that we do all together. Yes, my older children have their own individual practices for their instruments, but at the same time they even practice their instruments together from time to time. So I'm going to try to pinpoint for you several practices and activities and how they map onto the different ages of my kids in this video. Any of the resources and videos and links that I mention will be linked for you in my resources section below. So make sure you scroll down the video description. Those of you who are listening on Spotify or your podcast RSS feed, be sure to check out the YouTube video version so that you can get those resources and those links right away. So let's get started with music education as an atmosphere in your home. So something that everyone should understand about music and why it is important and in order to understand the kinds of music that I'm going to be talking about here, it's really important to see why it's one of the liberal arts first. And knowing that is going to give you the tools and the confidence to make your home atmosphere one of a classical education that incorporates the skill or the art of music. So music in the liberal arts is very closely connected with mathematics and orderliness. I'm going to talk about particular mathematical exercises you can do with your child in just a minute, and it, it can be incorporated into their math curriculum quite simply. Even apart from its connection with mathematics, however, music is preeminent among the liberal arts for its order 
and its clarity and for the sharply defined character of the different elements that go into music composition and performance. Music also trains us in emotional health, in a healthy emotional reaction to order, clarity, and radiance, um, all the elements of true beauty. It trains us to, in our emotions to feel rightly, in other words. So it's a very important skill for education. You don't have to become the next Paganini. You don't have to become the next Itzhak Perlman on the violin, although that would be fun too. Um, but music in itself and appreciating good music actually forms the mind in these different uh, virtues. How does music do this? Well, it does this through specific and well-defined orders of tones and rhythms. So it's not just the sounds that move us, but it's actually the rhythm and the ratios of the different tones one to another that make harmonies. So music is sort of this marriage of the irrational and the rational of the passions with the intellect. Um, and so again, it's one of those key liberal arts that sets your child up and your whole family life up for a truly liberal, free existence and life. So your atmosphere of a healthy musical home is going to be one that is orderly and that uh, maps onto mathematical and to science, to scientific, to the natural world, which in itself is preeminently orderly. So let's look at that atmosphere in more practical terms. I want to talk about your playlist. Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Oh, cut that, please. The first and probably the easiest thing to creating an atmosphere of great music classical education is your playlist. We have so many resources available to us. No longer do we need a huge library of CDs or LPs, although some people swear by them. That's fine if that's what floats your boat. But we have endless online resources. If you have Amazon Prime, for example, you can search just about any composer, any artist, uh, any time period, and come up with free recordings from some of the world's greatest orchestras and philharmonics. And you can make your own playlists on your phone or your streaming device and tap into those at different times during your homeschool day, while you're making dinner, while you're sitting down to dinner. It can be kind of the background soundtrack of your life. So what do I put on my playlist? Natalie Imbruglia is one of my favorites. <laughs> Sorry. Well, if you don't know where to even start with classical music, just do this. Look at the time period that, say, your oldest child is studying right now for history. Then go to classicfm.com, which I will link below, and look under their Discover Music section. You can then look for famous composers of the 18th century, or famous composers of the Baroque period, or even world music of ancient Greece and Rome, and you will find a basic list of the most influential composers of that era and sort of a broad smattering from that particular historical period. Then take the list of works or the composer's name, plug them into your music source, whatever it is, Amazon Prime, uh, Pandora, and start to build a playlist. I like to identify pieces that would be appropriate to play while my kids are reading, such as 
slower Mozart, um, Brahms, Chopin, the piano works um, of Bach, all of those, they can be kind of background music that actually helps the mind focus on reading. Again, this might not work for every child. Some children find even the Mozart and the Bach a little too distracting to really have reading comprehension going on, but for most human beings, it can be a help. We also have chant, which really just makes them fall asleep over their books. Then we have playlists that are more appropriate for play. So my younger daughters, and I have many daughters, have always enjoyed the ballet, the famous ballet pas de dieu playlist, where I just hit go and they can twirl around in their dress up dresses for a while, hopefully while I'm doing math or something with the older children. We also have, yes, pop music playlists for cleanup time carefully curated to include all of my high school favorites. Because again, there's a time and a place for my angry punk alternative 90s music. And that time and place is when my children are not so much tuned in to the music that's going on and when they're not trying to do long division. My children can rap the entire I am not throwing away my shot from Hamilton, but not during history class. But I see these playlists as really the craft macaroni and cheese of our family music atmosphere. It's okay to serve your kids craft macaroni and cheese once in a while for lunch. Maybe it was on sale. Maybe it's all you can handle on Tuesday afternoon, and that's fine. But it can't be every meal, and it can't be even the majority of their meals, or they won't grow up straight, right? So we have the majority of our playlists that we play for family time, conversation, reading, mapping onto our history studies, our favorites in terms of classical and timeless composers, and the time of the liturgical year that we are currently celebrating in our home. And again, if you yourself just aren't sure what are the good composers, there's a few resources that you can look to, such as what I mentioned before, classicfm.com. There are also great podcasts out there for just general music education that my kids have really enjoyed and that I really enjoy as well. One of them is called Classics for Kids, and that is also linked in the resource list below. This is a quick podcast that comes out with different series on the classic composers uh, and also on world music. And we really enjoy it because they're quick, they're short, they're good for a quick car ride to the grocery store, pop it in and play it in the car. We also enjoy with the older children how music does that. Again, this is a, a more adult approach, but it gives lots of good information and just really fascinating into the liberal art of music and its orderliness, its mathematical uh, qualities and lot opening up our minds to just the world of music theory. So playlists can help create an atmosphere of music education, but what about a discipline of music education? So in this aspect of music education, I'm talking about the actual practice and building the habits of a good musician. There are certain elements of musical order that everyone should learn just to have a great liberal arts classical education, including how to read musical notation, um, how to count rhythms, and to understand different harmonies and tones that they're hearing. 
when we master these more formal elements of music, we actually become the masters of our own enjoyment. We're bringing our intellect to our passions and our emotional response to music and understanding why we are reacting the way that we are. So how do you make sure your kids are getting music theory and music practice if you yourself are not a musician or never had musical training? A few different ways. Mother of Divine Grace, which is something that I use throughout the years of my kids' education, suggests using a recorder to learn the basics of musical notes and reading. There are several books recommended in their bookstore that will walk you through the basics of recorder. Now, recorders do not always produce the most pleasant musical tones when they are being learned. Uh, it is a tool and it does require discipline on everyone in the house while the young child is learning to flute beautifully. So bear that in mind when considering the recorder as your option. Also, if you belong to a parish where there is a good children's choir or scola, very often when your child joins the scola or the choir, part of what they will learn is reading music and matching their vocal tones to the notes on the page. So this is a great free resource to consider. I would be careful though and really listen to what the children's choir is singing. Um, is it is it classical? Is it traditional church hymnody? Are they learning the patrimony and the heritage of their faith in terms of music? Or is it just uh, music and songs that really probably won't be around in 20 or 30 more years because they were part of the 70s strum your guitar with your long gray ponytail fad? On that note, before I get into the question of music lessons, parents, as part of your discipline in your family's prayer life, consider incorporating singing. St. Augustine says to sing is to pray twice, to bring that musical skill as well as the prayers of the church together is very rewarding both in the spiritual life and in just the family enjoyment of being together. It can also help to draw the attention and keep it of the younger children in your family. I know our family rosary time is pretty chaotic, but when we start the final hymn, which is usually one from a very small list that the children can sing along to who can't read already, um, they tend to pay attention, mostly. I shouldn't brag. If you would like to see a video of our family prayer time, which incorporates singing, please hit the like button and leave a comment below. I'm only going to post it if I get enough comments. So finally, in this question of musical practice in the home, what about music lessons? This is a touchy subject because especially if you have a large family, this can be very expensive. Um, it is worth it. Uh, we have begged, we have borrowed, we have bartered our way through our children's musical uh, education lessons. Uh, my husband has built web pages and managed social media for different music teachers. Our grandparents have pitched in, our parents have pitched in. We've found graduate students to teach our children. They're usually less expensive than professional musicians. So we've really worked in our family to make sacrifices to have music lessons for our children. That being said, we do require them to learn to read music first because I'm not going to pay someone $35 for a 30-minute lesson to teach my child where C is on a piano. I'm blessed that I was given music lessons as a child so I can teach them 
where C is on a piano myself. If you can't do that, that's okay. There are free resources online to help your child learn to read basic music. I'm going to link Hoffman Academy in the resource list below. It has been great for my son who just needed someone besides me helping him on the piano. I would recommend using them as a as free or inexpensive if you go with the premium membership resource for before beginning any sort of private music lesson. So once my children know how to read, if they show predilection for a musical instrument, then we do go into investing in private music instruction. We have violin and viola and cello at this point in our house, and I'm really glad we went with the string quartet theme because now they can play together um, as well as with me on the piano, and it really has been an investment worth making. So that's my plug for music lessons. If it is not in your wheelhouse or possible for you, again, do not despair. There are many free online resources, some of which I will link below for you to consider teaching your children at least the rudiments of music theory, reading music, etc. Again, I can't plug that parish children's choir enough. And finally, music education as a life. I'm going to walk through the different stages of life and give you examples of what I'll use in the home for music appreciation and music practice and integrating it into different subjects. As a whole family, we try and do one concert per year. We are very blessed to live in a city where there is a homeschool concert put on by a local symphony. So we definitely try to attend that. It's something that the children remember for years to come. Again, like going to an art museum, as I mentioned in this video, it's the difference between letting your child watch the movie, The Hobbit, and then actually reading Tolkien to them. There is nothing compared to live orchestral music. So if you can get to one of those, even just once a year, make sure you do so with all of your children of all ages. Secondly, as a family, if you can get to great liturgy with beautiful music from the church's tradition, Gregorian chant, um, the great hymnody of the English writers, all of these different wonderful music, if there's a beautiful organ and they play classical music, just by attending mass, you are making music a part of their spiritual life and training their ears to pick up on truly beautiful, radiant, uh, clear, orderly music. So looking at the primary years, up through about six or seven years old, second grade-ish, you'll want to be focusing on music appreciation and just exposure to beautiful music in the classical tradition. Uh, some of our favorites are Peter and the Wolf, narrated by Patrick Stewart, or anyone. You can find recordings on YouTube of orchestras doing it, or CDs where the story is narrated while the orchestra plays. We also love The Carnival of the Animals by Saint-Saëns, or Benjamin Britten's Orchestra for Young People. Another great avenue for introducing them to great music is ballet. So going to the Nutcracker is the obvious choice. You can also find great recordings or DVDs of ballets such as Swan Lake or Coppelia, or just there's a great DVD called Wonder or Great Pas de Dieu of History. Go look it up and just having these playing, even the young boys, because there's many battle scenes and drama and sorcerers and ballet, uh, also opera recordings 
I'm not always so good at opera. It's something I need to work on. But small children love the big sets and the costumes and the story, all the while listening to this beautiful, uh, orderly liberal arts music. And singing. Singing is really important for very young children. A lot of us as adults have some insecurities about singing out loud, sometimes even with our own families. That's okay because your young children will forgive you and will help you laugh at yourself while singing. So find hymns of the church to sing with them, to learn. Uh, if they can start to learn any Latin hymns, this will help them tremendously later on if you're teaching them Latin in the homeschool because they'll already have a lot of the syllables and the word endings and the stems just kind of running through their heads in this musical way. You can start them on learning to read music if they show an interest and a predilection. I do not force my kids to sit down at a piano and learn it prior to six years old, sometimes even seven, depending on the child, just because I don't want them to experience it as something frustrating and um, you know a chore. I want them to be ready for it and to want to learn to play. So in that six, seven age range, just start watching the signs to see if they're ready and interested to begin more formal music study. Moving into those elementary years of third through fifth grade, this is when you do want to start the formal music instruction on reading notes, reading notation, recognizing tones and rhythms. So be sure that if you haven't already, get out that recorder or hit Hoffman Academy on the piano. This is also the age where I start to look for signs that they're ready for more private music instruction if we're gonna go that route for that child. So are they interested in violin? Are they more interested in piano, etc.? And making our choices from something that fits our family schedule and budget and the child's interests. Just keeping an eye out for those signs. During these years, I also just do all of the above that I did in the primary years with listening. I like to incorporate that Classics for Kids podcast as well, since they're really at an age where those stories and that explanation speaks to them and gets them excited about music and classical composers. And because we're doing foreign language at this point, in our case Latin, make sure that you are using songs to help them learn their vocabulary. Obviously with Latin, we have all the prayers of the church, we have the chants, we have tantum ergo, we have the great poets of our faith who wrote in Latin. So be singing those and learning those as part of foreign language study. If you are doing French or Spanish or German or Greek or anything though, make sure your program incorporates music and song into foreign language study. It's a great memory aid, it's multi-sensory learning, and it really uh, affects the memory and their ability to keep vocabulary and meaning and the emotion in their hearts. Then finally, looking at middle school and high school, it's really a matter of kind of letting them pursue the avenue that they have found most rewarding with music, while also making sure that they're challenging themselves. The individual music instrument practice that we have every day not only is giving them a skill of music, but it's also testing their virtues of perseverance and fortitude and self-discipline, uh, as well as rewarding those virtues with joy and enjoyment and good emotions and healthy relationships with each other and the great composers of our past. 
Later middle school and high school, I like to incorporate that podcast, How Music Does That. He's really great at tying together all different music strands from throughout history, everything from hip-hop and rap to alternative world music, baroque music, opera, and showing the universality, um, but also the pros and cons of the different types of music that are out there. So high school is a good time to really dig into different genres. Because they're more advanced in their understanding of music by high school too, hopefully, they are also able to integrate it more with history. Music, because it is the connection of the emotional and the passions with the intellect and the more rational, is, is an expression in human culture of the ideas that are driving history and the great movements of governments and states and individuals and families. Music can be an explanation of why people act the way that they do. Musical taste in world leaders can tell you a lot about what kind of ideas and what kind of emotions they have about the work that they see themselves doing. So tying history and music together, both in timeline and by listening together, can be very enriching for the high school student in terms of connecting with the humanity of different historical figures. And finally, science. I promised to connect it to math and science, so here's my exhortation. If you have a middle schooler or a high schooler, check out in the resources listed below the sonometer, the Pythagorean sonometer. It is a simple at-home project that connects ratios and musical vibrations, air vibrations, different sound waves with a physical string that the children construct. It's a great project and it really shows the connection between music and the other liberal arts. So check that out for your older students as well. I hope this has given you some great ideas for incorporating more music. If you want more ideas, if you would like to see more videos like this with me actually sitting down with my kids doing some music activities, please comment below and like this video as a sort of vote. You can also join us on Patreon. Patreon subscribers get to actually help determine what content I make on Verity Ed. So please do go over to Patreon, watch our video there, and consider joining us as a member. Finally, if you haven't already, hit subscribe and the notification bell so that you don't miss another episode of Verity Ed. Thank you so much for watching. Cheers.